the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Your Life is sponsored by James J.C. Cooley. Life is a series of circles and cycles, phrases and stages. These are your experiences that teach you the lessons of life. You can either ignore them or embrace them. Welcome to the James Cooley Show. It's Your Life. James is a motivational speaker, author, military veteran, and founder of the J.C. Cooley Foundation. James is here to equip you to strive for greatness and overcome adversity. It's time to get equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. Now, here's the host of It's Your Life, James Cooley. Hello, welcome to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley, and, you know, how are everybody doing out there? Extraordinary long weekend, Memorial Day. And uh, I tell you, uh, we just celebrated, uh, and I wouldn't call it celebration, but uh, we just recognized that over the last uh, 200 plus years that uh, uh, we had uh, our military veterans, and I'm one of the veterans that uh, seeked out to do the ultimate sacrifice to make sure that uh, our great country is continuously free and that we are able to push forward, keep the world free, and also open up doors for our next generations and uh you know i tell you i I really enjoyed uh the memorial day weekend but most importantly that we celebrated uh, our fallen heroes and also we celebrate our military heroes that are still serving to make sure that we stay uh free exactly you know um memorial day is not just you know, it's not just parties or barbecues. I mean, that's nice and all, but for us to remember what truly Memorial Day is all about is honoring, honoring those who have fallen, honoring those who are still with us. Um, military, you know, you got the police, you got the firefighters, you have even um, the hospital workers just honoring those who put their lives on the line to help us. And uh, we got to keep that in mind. And uh, and so that's what uh, this past weekend was about. But also in life, as we are, I like to call it mature, as we uh, uh, get an opportunity to uh, do and get some experiences and on what we have stood for and what we continue to stand for, sometimes life and uh you know, I'm a Christian, I'm me and Michelle, and but we also get a chance to discover through past and previous lessons learned what our purpose is. And my great producer Noah, uh you you, you know what I mean by that because uh we all experience these uh things where we have to have lessons learned to move forward. Yeah, life is definitely, I would say for most people, James, not a straight shot. There's usually curves and detours that teach us something along the way. Sometimes the lessons are easy. Sometimes they're a little bit harder. And we just have to make sure that we, you know, we, we stay in the game and we have and surround ourselves with people that are encouraging. And as you talk about and I talk about off the air so often, love one another. That's, you know, at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. And that's what it's all about is loving one another, embracing one another. But most importantly, I believe that it's about discovering who we are. I mean, uh, because, uh, Noah, just like I always say, in order for a person to love someone else, they have to know who they are and they have to experience uh, ups and downs and uh, trials and tribulations to be able to move forward to identify what I believe is their purpose in life. 
And we got a great guy that's on the show tonight, Noah. And I tell you, I've been knowing this guy for quite some time. Extraordinary guy. So proud to call him friend. And, um, you know, uh, he has, you know, I tell you, this, this guy's incredible, man. Uh, a lot of uh, lessons learned, a lot of things, a lot of business. I mean, he was a pioneer for many, many things. And uh, I, I just can't wait to uh, talk to him and, and get the, uh, this thing started. Well, a lot of times, too, you know, being able to share his stories on the show today will be great because someone might be listening that's experiencing something similar. And maybe that's the piece to the puzzle that they need to be able to carry them forward. And sometimes uh, there is uh, is always a piece uh, in our life that uh, kind of prompts us to, okay, that is what you need to be doing. And so I tell you, man, uh, the title of the show tonight is discovering our life callings from previous lessons learned. And uh, just like I told you, this guy is the epitome of that because he is great and he's doing great things and he has always done great things. Michelle, can you let our listening audience know who our guest is and tell them the purpose of tonight's show? Yes, our guest today is Mr. Frank Westall. And the purpose of the show today is to understand we all will encounter trials and tribulations in life and understanding that life sometimes leads us on a different path and that we are never too old to discover our life's calling or purpose. And also we can achieve happiness by bringing light to others. Wow. Can you uh, introduce this great uh, guest uh, to our listening audience? Yes. Frank Westall. 36 years in the tech industry, having been involved in multiple tech startups, software game publishing, and software utilities, created the first software game agency, 1992 Strategic Alliance Partners, representing developers and games, created the first theme multi-gaming center in 1996, partnering with companies such as Mindscape, ID Software, Activision, and Blizzard. He's a co-founder of the parent company of MySpace, first social media platform. While in the tech center, he was also a chef, restauranter, and a grill master. In addition to his career, at the age of 44, he had to have open-heart surgery. Ten years later, he had to have another open-heart surgery at the age of 55. Finally, at the age of 59, he figured he needed something extra to add to these amazing desserts. So he topped it off with a massive heart attack called the Widow Maker. So there, he was not able to walk up a flight of stairs without resting being severely depressed and wondering how long until the sky fell on him, what to do or what to do, should he wait till he died. That got boring pretty quickly, so he decided he would be a writer of things, a teller of stories. But what should he write about? Well, he had started a little cardio per his doctor's orders that got him bored quickly. He hated to run. Instead, he started to pick up small weights and realized that all he had to do was pick up the weight and put it down and did not have to run or walk far. That led to him starting to do what he did when he was younger, and that was weightlifting. So he went onto the Internet and social media like Facebook and started to see different programs to exercise using weights. The amazing thing on social media is you get to see people from all different walks of life who also have an interesting interest actually in lifting stuff so now he knew what his target audience was and he started to look for individuals who had a good story utilizing strength training but first had to tell his own it happened one day a long time ago the james cooley show it's your life proudly presents mr frank westall frank welcome my friend welcome how you doing how you doing today i'm really well jc thank you for having me man you know man i've been uh thinking about this for a long time and you and I've been friends for a long time and I'm just uh, so thrilled and honored to know you and uh, I mean uh, I really know you because I mean you was my campaign manager in uh, 2016 when I ran for uh, mayor and city council and uh, man you are a tremendous guy and I just want to welcome you to the show. Frank can you tell us about yourself and where you grew up? Well Okay, um, so I was a military dependent or a military brat. My father uh, was in the Army, and he actually 
started when he was age of 15 during World War II, and um, I, I lived literally all over the world. I was born in uh, Japan, and I lived throughout Europe and throughout the U.S., and uh, it kind of set my pace on what I was to do and what I was to eventually become. Wow. So, Frank, can you tell us about your education and any of the schools you attended? Yes. <laughs> when I would um, put on a resume, I, you know, the old term, uh, I got a Ph.D. in the School of Hard Knocks. I was uh, one of those kids today, they call it, well, back then they called it ants in your pants. So I could never sit and study. It was just very difficult for me. So I would actually, I went to a college. I think I had to the 128 units, and I think I got 22 units because I just couldn't do it. And it was at that point, I just, I mean, I was constantly reading and studying on my own separately. But the educational, traditional education wasn't something that fit with me. Wow. Yeah, you know, sometimes sometimes people, um, when they... Um, Sometimes certain education or schools or advancing um, their education, sometimes it's difficult for others as well as um, maybe easier for other people. So, Frank, what let age? Me, let me let me in, 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 let me in, insert something here. Okay. My parents, my mother, she didn't graduate high school till she was forty. By the time she had had turned fifty, she had uh, three bachelors two masters and a PhD, and my father also had his masters. So education was very important to them. It just wasn't able to fit me. However, all the basis of what education did for you was something that was constantly put into me, and so I had to do it the hard way, I guess. Wow. <laughs> you know, man, uh, you know, education is important, but um, education does come through other means, not necessarily through classroom means. You know, we're going to take a station break, but we're going to come back and we're going to continue our conversation with Frank. It's your life. I'm James Cool. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. The J.C. Cooley Foundation is a nonprofit organization that was started in October of 2014. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. We hope that you'll be able to take part in one or more of the many exciting events that we're offering this year and experience firsthand the pride we take in supporting our cause. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow, and we rely heavily on the generosity of individuals and business owners for support. Without the assistance of community-minded individuals just like you, we wouldn't be able to serve our youth each year. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. This year's goal is $50,000. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. Remember that every donation makes a difference regardless of size. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet. The true life coming of age story by James J.C. Cooley. Using humor, wit, and engaging storytelling, James paints a picture about his arrival in a rural deep south town and realization that life would never be the same. Cooley lays out his struggle to adjust from city life to country life and back again, sharing his hard-earned lessons to educate, encourage, and enlighten our next generation of leaders and heroes. Get your copy of Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet by James J.C. Cooley available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. Streaming now at TheAnswerSanDiego.com and Odyssey.com. It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Here's your host, James Cooley. Welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley. And, uh, we got Frank Westall here, and a very good friend of mine. And uh, I tell you that... Uh, uh, this guy is, is incredible and, uh, Frank. Now I know that you were in the tech industry for 36 years. And, uh, but, but before I ask you, uh, what type of, uh, attraction that you did, what I want our listener audience to know is what age did you have when you first got your first job and how did this lead you to the tech industry? 
I, you know, as I said earlier, I had ants in my pants, and I, I don't think you could ever call it a job, and I don't even know if I had jobs, but I think when I was nine years old, I remember going into our house and taking all of this ceramics my mom would make, unbeknownst to her, and I would put them in a wagon, and I took it around door to door trying to sell them. So I got in a lot of trouble for that. But that I, I didn't understand what that really meant, but what I did understand was I couldn't just sit down and I had to start doing things. So, and you would think in the tech industry, you have your college education, you do that type of thing. And, and I didn't understand that was what you were supposed to do. So I just went ahead and did it. And what I did was uh, I think I entered into the tech side when I was probably early early 20s, and it was before there were PCs, and I was uh, involved with uh, selling microcomputers, and I don't even remember how I talked these companies into allowing me to come to work for them because they all required four-year degrees. But somehow I did, and that's kind of what set my path into the tech side. Hey, Frank, producer Noah here in behind the booth. Uh, tell us about Strategic Alliance Partners and what types of services, software, things like that, that the company provided for. So what happened was um, at that time I had uh, started this company that was working with looking to try to publish softwares uh, from other companies or secondhand software. And I had several developers I was talking to. And one day a developer came up to me and he said, listen, I have this product that I make. It's a software product. It's for the PC, and it folds, It shows you how to make airplanes and paper airplanes. And I thought, okay, that's great. And he said, well, I'm calling it the greatest paper airplanes. And I took that piece of software, and I started going around to, just by myself, to different software companies in Silicon Valley that sold games, and I presented it to, to them. And... They offered to buy it, and they offered to buy it for $450,000. And that's when this aha moment came up, and I said, I can represent developers and games and take them to publishers and help them to get their product going. So that's how we ended up creating a, a licensing company, so to speak, or today they're agencies. And what was your goal in that? Obviously, creating that, you wanted to help other people. But what was your long-term goal and mission when creating Strategic Alliance Partners when servicing your clients? So what happened was, at that time, it was in the 90s. It was kind of the Wild West. And these software companies were coming around, game companies were coming around, and they could not get enough games because they had in in home developers and they had outside developers. And I recognized there was this niche that I could start to fill that would help connect these groups together. And today you think it's just common sense. That makes all the sense in the world. But back then nobody did something like that. So I recognized that if I could create these partnerships, we could create a company that would not just license games between developers and and game companies, but we would have names such as Greg Norman in golfing. We helped create that type of partnership. And then what happened after that, we recognized there was niches within this industry that was starting such as testing games and, and expanding on what games could do and what they couldn't do and software side. So we recognized that if we could develop this, we could actually create a niche that needed to be filled that nobody really even knew was there, and it was starting to grow. And today it is a, it's a multi-billion dollar industry. Wow, Frank. You know, um, you got a, you, you were ahead of your time. Um, before I get to the next question, just to remind our audience, if you want to be part of this conversation, dial in at 1-88-344-1170. That number is 1-88-344-1170. Frank, you mentioned in your bio you were a chef, a restauranter, and a grill master. How did you transition into these roles? And did you always have a love for cooking? Uh, of course. I mean, <laughs> if JC looked at me, you, recognize that I do love to cook. Um, what happened was while I was doing these software companies and they were startups, 
I wasn't a developer, and I would actually create these deals, and I didn't feel creative at that time. But I love to cook, and I love to cook uh, food from all over the world because we live different places. And uh, one day, one of my oldest friends had has a huge uh, catering company, and he made a comment to me, and he said, you know, uh, people will always want to eat, Frank. And you should actually think about doing something this just because you enjoy doing it. So I thought I'm going to be creative. I'm going to be the chef. And I went off and I trained to be a grill master all while I was doing my tech companies. And it was probably the hardest thing in the world to do was to be a chef, have a restaurant and uh, catering and being a barbecue grill master. I, I definitely filled my creative side. But it was physically so difficult, and I recognize why the software industry has its benefits at the same time. Well, Frank, um, you're a man with done many things. So what other industries have you worked in? Well, as I said, I did the software side, and I, I did the food side. And, and the, the other side that I really kind of moved towards has been in the fitness side. Um, I think that Basically, what happened was after I had my challenges and open-heart surgeries, I went through a, a depression. And most men go through depression. We don't talk about it. But it's significantly worse when you have a, a, a physical uh, ailment. And in areas such as open-heart surgeries and heart attacks, that depression can last years and years. So I turned around and with the getting into exercising, I started lifting weights and I recognized that it's something I enjoyed doing. And at the same time, I decided that I love to write. I've always loved to write. And I decided, you know what, I'm going to start looking at stories that can be positive. And I started talking to people I knew that were in sports and uh, I started thinking about what was the commonality of these people that have had challenges that have been able to overcome them? And constantly I was talking to people that were using some type of fitness training to do that. So, and a lot of them, 60% of them female were using strength training to help overcome the challenges they had. So I started looking at stories that I could put together and write that, that basically inspired others based on real life scenarios. So that's probably the third side that I start my third career, I guess you could call it if you want, or passion project that I started moving into. And that is writing about people that use some type of strength training. They don't have to be a strong person, but they use that to overcome whether it's uh, depression or, or some physical scenario, or it could be mental and all these people use this, and, it, it, and obviously all the articles that come out today show that strength training is a very, very important part, especially as we get older. Wow. Hey, Frank, now, so you just mentioned about uh, open, open heart surgery. Now, you had open heart surgery at the age of 44, and you also had it again at the age of 55. And uh, right. you, you was kind of talking about how this uh, affected you uh, physically and mentally, uh, yeah. Can you explain a little bit more what lessons, if any, going through this that scared you and just uh, uh, put you on the alert that I, this is serious and I have so, to. You know, so when when someone has a heart attack, or men, let's talk specifically about men. A man has a heart attack or he has a, a, a near death experience. They They come out of it and. Immediately, the feeling is, I'm going to change my life. Um, I'm going to get closer to my family. I'm going to get closer to God. But the reality of what happens is you think those things and you feel those things, but old habits start to come into play. So now you're trying to physically recover from those things, and you're going through that, that, that time that you're trying to recover. At the same time, you're trying to change who you are, but the reality is you've got decades of life that have set you in this one pattern. So these start to conflict and you start to go through uh, depression. And 
and and I, it's, it it could be severe depression. And for men, it's it's at least for me, it was the kind of thing where the the days just lasted long, and it was like I could not accomplish anything. What happened was, I think it was probably the second open heart surgery or the second time I died, I should say. Um, the first time I died and it was a minute and a half before they brought me back. The second time I was on the uh, table and they had to disconnect everything because the operating room had gotten water that was not clean throughout the room. So they had to disconnect me and I laid there for uh, probably three, four, five hours. Hey, hey, hey Frank, 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 man, this is so important. We got to take a station break, but okay. I want to come back and finish talking about, I mean, not finish, but uh, go into more detail on this. Is your life from James Cooley? There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet. The true life coming of age story by James J.C. Cooley. Using humor, wit, and engaging storytelling, James paints a picture about his arrival in a rural deep south town and realization that life would never be the same. Cooley lays out his struggle to adjust from city life to country life and back again, sharing his hard-earned lessons to educate, encourage, and enlighten our next generation of leaders and heroes. Get your copy of Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet by James J.C. Cooley available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. The Answer, San Diego. Streaming now on iHeart.com and Odyssey.com. It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Here's your host, James Cooley. Welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley, and we're talking to Frank Westall. And if you want to be part of this conversation, that's one 888 Again, that's one 888 Now, uh, the question that I had asked Frank prior to us uh, taking the station break was uh, he had two heart attacks, one at, at the age of 44 and one at the age of 55. And uh, what we were talking about, what lessons, uh, if any, going through these health scares that taught him? And he was deep into that. And But we had to take a station break. But I'm going to ask Frank, can you, can, can you, can you pick that up? And, uh, man, that's so important to our listening audience. So, so to wrap it up, what I learned was, uh, after the, the, the third heart attack, after two open heart surgeries, is I can't take big steps in changing. I can't just say I'm going to change and become this other person. What I decided that I should do, and my family is the one that really pointed this out, is take small steps. So that's what I learned to do. Is rather than trying to become something overnight, try to be it one step at a time. And that's how I started approaching like from that point forward. Well, Frank, was it hard for you to follow the doctor's orders regarding physical fitness? Um... Oh, yes, of course. Yeah. I mean, it was, you're not, you know, when you're laying there trying to recover, the doctors are trying to tell you what to do and you have your old habits and you don't really listen to that. What you try to do is eventually you start to understand your old self starts to change and you start to understand, if I can't do exactly what they want me to do, what can I do that I can accomplish? And that's how my life started. Not just my life on a physical side, but my life in my family, you know, emotionally, mentally, spiritually. And I slowly changed those listening to the advice, not just of the doctors, but of my family as well. Hey, Frank, uh, your beautiful daughter, uh, Dariana, uh, her illness and and I know that that, that that was some challenges, but there are also rewards uh, to that. And uh, I, Michelle and I had an opportunity to meet uh, her. And uh, 
Man, she's so special. Can you tell us uh, about the illness yeah. and, and how well, that brings you. joy to you? That's actually one of the things I remember when I was, the first time I, I had the heart failure, and I, as I was dying, and I knew I was dying, I wasn't praying, Lord, help me, save me, and bring me back. I just kept asking you know, to take care of my daughter, who is this, she was born with this severe illness called, a genetic illness called tuberous sclerosis. And that sounds, not a lot of people get it, but basically it has tubers or tumors that grow on your heart, your lungs, your kidneys, your brain. And it's the second largest cause of seizures. And uh, when she was born, they said her life expectancy was to be 12. She's 34 now. And they wanted to know if we were, should put her institutionalizer. And my wife and I didn't even think about that. And, and she doesn't communicate. She can't talk. She's, she has 100% disability. And that's actually also helped change my life because as time went on, I no longer thought about having a career. I thought more, how do I take care of my daughter, which my wife slowly trained me into doing. And it changed who I who I was and to, to who I became. And it's because Diana and it's really, you know, I, I think you're blessed when you have a child that's challenged. And I think God blesses you that way, to be honest with you. Wow. That's amazing. Frank producer Noah, again, I've been hearing that you're, I'm pretty impressed. Uh, the world powerlifting champion in your age group. That's pretty awesome. What are some life lessons you have learned in powerlifting? I'm sorry, Frank. I had to tell. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right. Well, so, let's see. I'm 65. I'm going on 66. When I was 59, I had the open, uh, excuse me, my massive heart attack, and that's when I started picking up weights. And I did it because my grandson, I was in Italy. I was at the base of my uh, uh, son-in-law was uh, stationed to, and they took me on base, and I said, I can pick that weight up. And it was 300 pounds, and I picked it up after my heart attack. And, and my grandson, can you, can you do this, Papa? And I said, sure. And that's when I started writing articles. But rather than just writing the articles, I knew I had to participate if I was to be able to communicate with these thousands of people that, that did this sport. So I didn't realize it, but um, I always tell people that I've, I have multiple state, national uh, titles, and I've, I've, I've done world championships, and I have world records. But people ask me how I do it. I said, because my competition, they all kind of are old, and some of them die. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's something that I do, and I love doing it, and it's... Um, it's an amazing strength training sport. It's not meant for everybody, but it, its basis is strength training. And I'll tell you what, by powerlifting or doing these three major lifts, which is squat, bench, and, and deadlift, it literally physically helped, uh, it helped me to come out of my depression. It made me stronger. I could walk upstairs. Uh, my back stopped hurting. All those things started coming. But now you see in articles from Scientific American and the med, med journals that tell you you should do this at an older age. So, yeah, the powerlifting is fun. In fact, I'm training now for the nationals. I qualified for worlds. These are drug-tested worlds, by the way. No drugs, <laughs> except, for my, uh, except for my heart medication. And uh, that comes out in November, so we'll see if I can set the records in, in my age group at that, at that time. So, I was just going to ask why powerlifting and weight training is so important to you, but I think you just pretty much nailed it right on the head there, that it's important to you because at your age group, it actually is super beneficial towards you know strengthening your heart and keeping you going and also keeping you out of depression. I mean, it does so much for you physically and mentally. Absolutely, and I can tell you, there's nothing better than going into the gym, uh, lifting some weights, and some kids come up to you and they say how uh, they ask how old you are. They think you're 40, and when you tell them you're 65, it just blows them away. So I love that. That's the ego. Frank, <laughs> <laughs> that sounds that's that's very impressive. I, I love to see that one day. Listening audience, if you want to be part of this conversation, please call in at one eight eight eight. 344-1170. That's 1-888-344-1170. Frank, besides your health scare, what were some of your greatest personal challenges and how did you overcome them? I think the greatest personal challenge I had was going from 
who I was in the, as an executive in the tech industry and focused on being financially successful to becoming, uh, really becoming a father and a husband. And, and that was caused by both because I have four daughters. I have one son. I have uh, five or six grandchildren, a great grandchild. All that I had to become a part of because my wife is the one that, you know, she slowly switched me and showed me what was more important and my daughter, Dariana. So those are the things that the greatest challenge was becoming what I was to becoming what I am today. Frank, you know, I'm going to have to kind of switch this a little bit because uh, uh, some of the things that you are doing that you shared with me about your journals and and uh, other things about the short story, man, I have never seen anything like like that. And best selling author myself or this and that. I mean, it is so incredible. We, I want to talk about those things because that, in my opinion, could help others out. Uh, and your, your story is incredible. Can, can you tell our listening audience a little bit about that? Because we didn't write anything down about it. And this is and Michelle and, and Noah don't know anything about it. But can you can you talk about it just a little bit? Uh, no, wait. In, in what area? I'm, I apologize. I'm talking so about the, the, your stories when you died uh, uh, and all yeah. of those great things. Okay, so um, the heart failure is something that is not like a heart attack. Heart failure comes on slowly. And uh, in this particular case, if you want to know the story of exactly what happened, I was going to my second oldest daughter's graduation, high school graduation. It was half a mile away. Everybody wanted to walk. I started walking, and I thought, man, there's something wrong. And I went back to the house. I said, yeah, I'll take the car. Then I changed my mind, started walking back, and went back and forth two or three times. And a voice in the back of my head just kept saying, no, go back to the house. And I didn't, understand, I didn't have any symptoms. I didn't understand why. Literally, I heard something say, someone, go back to the house, right? And when I did, I went back to the house, and this is important for listeners. Um, when they feel that something's happening, especially a heart attack or, or anything like that, they get embarrassed. They think, nah, I don't want to call 911. I don't want to do that because I'm going to be okay. And I thought that for a minute, but then I said, my, my daughter, for some reason, my eldest, came outside the house because I was on my hands and knees in front of the door. I couldn't breathe anymore. And she came out. She said, Daddy, should I call 911? And the thought said no, but then I said yes. And I, I called into the, into the house, and I put my, I remember just putting my feet up on the stairs, and I looked at my daughter, and I said, and we had a bunch of little kids. I told them to get them, get them in the other room, or I, I breathed it out, get them in the other room. And I said, I think I'm going to go to sleep now. And that's the first time I died. The, um, the last heart attack, or I've only had one, but this is something that also people that have heart attacks. I literally was at my uh, doctor's. Actually, I canceled three appointments to my doctor's office. I just didn't want to go. It was too far away. And my wife said, you know what? You're going with me because you've had these heart issues. We're going to go down. And I go to the doctor and I start talking to him. And he said, you know, Frank, I think you need to go over to, to the hospital right now, and you just need to get an x-ray. And I said, oh, I'm fine. So he said, look at my wife, said, you need to take him. I said, don't I need to get an ambulance? And he said, no, just take him. Don't stop anywhere, just take him. And again, no, no, I had nothing going on. So we go to the hospital, it's 10 minutes away. I get in there, and they said, Mr. Westall, they, didn't, they just looked at me, and they said, come on in. I told my wife to go get a Subway sandwich, I was hungry. And she goes, fine. And they said, we're going to go get this x-ray. As soon as I sat in the chair, I got the x-ray. I'm coming back, and I go, uh-oh. And that's when a knife went through my heart. And that's, I literally, they said, if I had not been there, it's called the Widowmaker, I would have died. And that's why it's called the Widowmaker. 95% of people that have that heart attack die. So I believe all those incidences that have happened to me, um, 
is because of God. I'll be honest with you. It's all because of God. And Frank, we got to take a station break, but I want to come back and I want to continue to talk about the widow maker and some of the things that uh, uh, your thoughts on how we can get those messages and uh, out. Uh, It's your life. I'm James Cooley. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity. Coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. The J.C. Cooley Foundation is a nonprofit organization that was started in October of 2014. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. We hope that you'll be able to take part in one or more of the many exciting events that we're offering this year and experience firsthand the pride we take in supporting our cause. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow, and we rely heavily on the generosity of individuals and business owners for support. Without the assistance of community-minded individuals just like you, we wouldn't be able to serve our youth each year. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. This year's goal is $50,000. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. Remember that every donation makes a difference regardless of size. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet. The true life coming of age story by James J.C. Cooley. Using humor, wit, and engaging storytelling, James paints a picture about his arrival in a rural deep south town and realization that life would never be the same. Cooley lays out his struggle to adjust from city life to country life and back again, sharing his hard-earned lessons to educate, encourage, and enlighten our next generation of leaders and heroes. Get your copy of Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet by James J.C. Cooley available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. FM 96.1 North County AM 1170 San Diego The Answer It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Here's your host, James Cooley. Welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley and uh, I'll tell you, uh, this great man, Frank Westall, is uh, uh, my friend and uh, I'm just uh, always have been impressed. And uh, I tell him that uh, he's a great writer, a, a superb friend, entrepreneur, and one of the most intelligent individuals that I know. And he always look at me and say, JC, stop flattering me. But I mean it. I'm saying this on, on that radio. <laughs> I mean, I'm saying this uh, in front of the world that this guy... Um, inspires me in more ways than uh uh than he might think and uh frank i, I know you talked about the widow scare can you uh a widow maker can you uh uh finish that up i mean that was so inspiring to me and michelle well and so sure. can, can you pick I think, up i think the main message is um for men and women is that as as time goes on, we we need to be aware of our bodies. We you know we are so much in the habit where our our culture has us doing certain things at certain times of the day, and being aware of where we're at physically, uh, you know, mentally, emotionally is is key, especially as we get older. And uh, look. I, I lift weights and I compete nationally and I keep compete on a worldwide basis, but I am constantly, I'm, I'm, I'm on all the medications that you have to be on and I'm constantly aware of my limitations. I can't uh, train and lift the way that uh, some of these young people do. And I don't try to, and I'm a huge advocate of men that should go out there and start lifting. I, I'm not talking about running. I'm, I'm just talking about picking up a weight and putting it down because you literally can change your life and, and, and re, you can become 10 and 20 years younger physically if you do this. And I think things like the Widowmaker, it's, it's a, boy, that's a, I, I tell you what, that's a, that's a difficult uh, type of challenge to overcome. I, I remember being in the hospital, this, and there's this uh, gentleman that was next to me, 
and he had told me what he had had, which was similar. And three weeks later, no, excuse me, three months later, I had met his wife. His wife called me up, and she just wanted me to know that he had passed away. And that kind of brings it back home to you because, you know, when we're young, we're invulnerable, we're going to live forever. After we get to a, a certain age, our friends start, some of our friends pass away. I've had several friends have passed because of COVID. And we start to think about it. But for me, because of the heart attack and the open heart surgery, I look at every single day and I say, is today the day, Lord? Uh, I hope it's not. And I pray it's not. But if it is, um, I don't want to be alone. I want to be with my family. I want to have them around me. And I don't look at, I don't look at my past accomplishments, to be honest with you. Um, the legacy that I look at as someone who's had a heart attack and had two open heart surgeries with a, your chest cracked open, the legacy I look at is my family and my children and what they are doing and what they've accomplished in my grandchildren. I think this is producer Noah again, Frank, but I think this ties into what I was about to ask you, which is what or who has been the greatest impact on your life personally? Well, if I didn't say my wife, she'd kill me. So, I, <laughs> but um, who's had the greatest impact on my life uh, physically uh, on this earth has been um, my daughter, Dariana, who is, I, mean, I take care of her 24-7 now. I've been blessed. My wife is a professional and uh, also God. So literally, uh, you know, God put about three or four uh, ministers around me because he knows I constantly fall on my face. I'm constantly stumbling. I'm constantly, I'm that friend that you tell him when you're going to meet a bunch of people in church, please don't swear, Frank. Please don't cuss, Frank. And that's why God puts these friends of mine who have been past ministers. And, and that, so I'm in a constant recognition that God is in my life. That's, that's very important. Frank. Yes, it is. Frank, what keeps you focused and motivated each and every day of your life? Well, things like this show. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> literally. As you, you get older, uh, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I have tremendous difficulty today and yesterday and the day before of getting out of bed and, and setting a goal and trying to get to that goal. So you constantly have that in front of you. So the things that uh, keep you motivated is being able to socialize and, and deal with other individuals such as yourselves who are, who challenge you. So if I don't have people around me that are challenging me, uh, th then I start to fall into uh, the habits that individuals, men such as myself fall into. And I, I think that setting a goal is very important, but setting a goal that's attainable is more important. So you don't, turn around and say, I'm going to be the world's strongest lifter for my age group. You set a goal, I'm going to get up in the morning and I'm going to go and start my training program. And here's my training program. Or in this case, I have a passion project of one step away, uh, stories that inspire. And, you know, I'm going to turn around and I'm going to call so-and-so up and I'm going to interview them. So I'm socializing and that's the goal. So I've taken one small step. And the next step is to put it in paper. The next step is to consolidate. In fact, JC, you, both of you guys, you working on your master's degree and JC finishing your book and getting it on all the audible, all the platforms, audio platforms. I got to tell you, when you told me that, I thought I said to my wife, I, I think I need to get my book done. And she said, yes, you do. So you guys, individuals like yourselves are what gets me moving every day. To be honest with you, I'm gonna tell you, uh, the our great Lord and Savior put folks uh, in our path, and He's also uh, guide us to meet other folks. Because uh, how I met you was through your son, who was a part of my program, <laughs> and right. uh, football star, great. I mean, this guy, and he loves Jesus. <laughs> he loves the Lord. Um, and actually, yeah. actually, uh, he spent the last five, five and a half years 
uh, and ministry uh, and uh, missions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, it just got married. Gabriel, I hope you're listening. Uh, but uh, I met him before I met you. And when I met you, I did not know that that was your son. <laughs> and uh, I know that you know him either. Yeah. And uh, it's just amazing. And uh, I tell you, uh, I've been a big fan of yours ever since day one that I met you because, uh, like I tell you, and I do, I do that all the time, you inspire me. And your wife is right. You need to write that book or start that book or start the chapters of the book because uh, you got a, a tremendous story. And, uh, you know, I always throw a a wrench uh, in uh, every guest that I have. What would Frank say to a 19-year-old Frank if he had an opportunity to do that today? Ah, well, I was thinking about that. You know, someone asked me <laughs> a while ago. I personally don't think the 19-year-old Frank would listen to anything I said because I had the benefit and the blessing of a father who had he had uh, two silver stars, three bronze stars, three purple hearts. He had experienced life, and he would give me these this advice, and I wouldn't listen to him. So I would probably, if I saw the 19-year-old Frank, and he knew it was me, I would say, you know, I'm going to show you what's going to happen if you follow the path that you're on. And I'd slap him. So, <laughs> <laughs> Because he's not going to listen. Mm-hmm. And at least that slap, he might remember it as time goes on and not make the mistakes that uh, he would be making. <laughs> wow. You know, Frank, uh, our time just, just flies by, and uh, we down to less than a minute. Uh, but uh, I tell you, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show today. And you know that you always are invited back. Well, you're going to be invited back because we're going to do some things together. So I want to thank well, you for I'm, taking this. I'm glad we ran into each other again, <laughs> and I'm glad that I'm glad God put you uh, uh, put me on your mind. So, and both of you is great. And no, thank you very much for your question, brother. Oh, you're welcome, man. You're it. very inspirational. Uh, Noah, this guy is, is is tremendous, and uh, I I just want to thank him. I want to thank my my great uh, co-host Michelle Cooley. I want to thank my yeah, fantastic producer Noah Dingley. Most importantly, I want to thank our listening audience for taking time to listen to the James Cooley show it's your life Monday through Friday we got a great week coming up and uh, we're always looking for sponsors so we can continue to bring this great message to you you know we'll be back the same time tomorrow and the rest of the week it's your life thanks for joining us for it's your life with James Cooley To learn more about James, how you can support the show, or become a guest, visit CooleyFoundation.org. Join James weekdays at this same time for more motivation and inspiration to help you become equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. This has been The James Cooley Show. It's your life, where you learn how to dream big, think big, and be big at everything that you do. It's Your Life is sponsored by James J.C. Cooley.